out with the tech stuff yeah so that it's an easy setup when i like travel yeah. because i was super disappointed going through what was it episode 47 or something 45 with bud and bonji yeah going through Seven. that and like dealing with the audio issues yeah that's gonna feel that stand's gonna feel loose i oh, know um, we're good i was just the moving bottom, it. but yeah yeah uh i was up because we had such a good time doing it and i just feel bad putting out shit quality stuff you really it wasn't that bad you can't tell i i could tell you can't but yeah i'm saying but i'm also like the, the average guy case. like me yeah the average jabroni. Yeah, the average jabroni can't can't tell. Yeah, so I feel like there's gonna be some audio issues with this one too, just based on how like I'm looking at some of the readouts here, and that's fair. I mean, we're kind of close quarters, so it's not gonna be so bad. But again, for the for the baker's dozen people that listen and watch, I like to give them you know give the people what they want. You know what I'm saying? Sure, yeah, give so, it to them. But, all right, jabronis, we're back, and we got a very special surprise guest. One of my arch nemeses himself, probably like top two, top one, besides the dangerous Davis, Oswald Cobblepot himself. Wow. We have Matt the Weasel Steele. Now, before I let you speak and, and introduce yourself, <laughs> everybody should know I shit talk the Weasel on a regular basis on this show, outside my show, to his face, behind his back. It's a constant, just deluge of shit talking, uh, but it's all it's all in love, and I wouldn't be wasting my time and, and effort in coming up with these good jabs at all, or any sort of things that I do against you if I didn't, you know, if I didn't love you. So, sure. Uh, thanks for being here. Thank you. Actually, it's really, my house. Thanks for having me here. We're at <laughs> we're at the Weasels uh, compound here in Delaware, um, and. I was super super excited. Home of the 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 president of the United States. Yeah, that yeah, the big guy. (laughs) (laughs) So that's pretty cool. Uh, But thanks for letting me, you know, invite myself over here and set up shop so we can do this and and have a good time together. It's been too long since we hung out. So absolutely, thanks for having me (laughs) on my own show. (laughs) On your own show in your compound. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, we'll get into we'll get into like what what I really want to do is kind of talk about how we met, how that all that whole shit show Circus Act started. And then, again, when I, I say this every time I have a guest on, it's like up to up to whatever the conversation we have. It kind Super of guess. just naturally, you know, progress or digress or whatever. It's going to devolve pretty quickly. I think uh, so. But I mean, don't worry. We're coming after you. Yeah, so I, it's a no-holds-bar. <laughs> Terrence, you might want to put your kid away. It's not going to be a family show <laughs> at all. So, um, but real quick before we'll just, we'll just jump into like step, we'll step into the cage, knock that out. And then we can get right to the junction and just talk shit. Is that cool with you? I'm in. All right. Let's step into the cage. Okay. Let's run. I forgot my trusty notebook. Crib notes. Yeah. Today's into the cage segment is proudly sponsored by. Testicular cancer. Do you ever find yourself on the couch in the living room late at night when the wife is in bed and you're just about to put on the Spice Channel and fire off a quick J.O.? Then you look down and realize that one of your nuts is the size of a golf ball? Lemon. That's testicular cancer. And you you need to make sure that you check regularly for that before you end up in the hospital with a half-empty sack and a loss of pride to boot. Remember, men, it's testicular cancer. 
It's not just her job to check. There's Amen. no discounts on testicular cancer today, folks. Amen. So well uh, done. It's just a more of an awareness sponsor. Not getting any money for that. <laughs> I'm not on the take from ball cancers are us. <laughs> so check your nut sacks, fellas. It's Make not her sure. job to check. Especially if you're uh if you're lo- you know, a lonely psychopath like myself who has no one to check for you. When you're ripping JOs by yourself, you gotta you gotta you gotta give yourself Look a touch down. back. Yeah. Look down. So take it, take a deep grab. Right. See what you get. That's yeah. it. A deep grab, a deep look. Take my crib notes. I want to make sure there I get bud. Yeah. So uh, again, we talked about here. this before, uh, before we started, but um, I always like to offer the opportunity for the guest to provide the cage fact oh. uh, for the day. So again, okay. it's a no pressure situation. You didn't have to, but I, I know you found a, you know, found a fact. Absolutely. So. so the cage fact for today, number five on the list of all time greatest cage facts is like father, like son. Continuing the tradition of the superhero names, Cage named his second child Kal-El, which of course, in case you're wondering, is Superman's birth name. Now, we all know that my last name is Steel, and I am the Man of Steel. You're something of Steel. I am. So, as uh, a respect to Kal-El, his son and the Man of Steel, that is your cage fact of the day there you go and it actually kind of connects to um some previous cage facts because there's a plethora of facts it's and i mean how how, they never end right and these kind of fit a um like a theme because he's big on comic books we talked about how he had a huge comic book collection and one of them was stolen it was like worth several million dollars and all like all of his love for superheroes and all that other good stuff so um it just makes sense. And I don't even know. We might have talked about, like, informally that his son was named after a superhero um, previously. But uh, it's, a, like, his his son's official name is Kal-El. And I'm here to bring it all together. There That's what I do. Yeah. yeah. And I'll have to actually do some digging. Maybe it'll be, like, a future fact. Um, I don't know if, if Kal-El is, one, if it's the son that he, like, wrote. Him and him and Nick, him and his father, like wrote their own comic book together. I forgot. I got to do some more recon on that, but uh, they, like he just made his kids obsess over comic books, just like him, because yeah. that's what you do as a father. I mean, why would you instill your will? And when you're the NC, you do what you want. Yeah, and there really should be no questions asked. If I was his kid, I would be into comic books and other dinosaur skulls anything. and what yeah. have you. So, all right, that's the cage fact. Um, now we'll just. Throw a little Junction logo up here and get into it. So everybody knows knows you based on my little jabs and hiding behind my <laughs> sure. the the camera here and the yeah. safety of my own, usually my own studio Which or whatever. Is, it's all fair though. It's it's all honest. Yeah. So um, Matt Steele, we met back in college. So you're a baseball player in college. You're currently in the military. Yep. Uh, we can talk about that later in your current efforts and whatever you feel like talking about. But I want to go into, I guess, your your story of how you got to Embry-Riddle, and then we could talk about how I uh, made, way, my, made my way into your life, essentially. Sure. <laughs> Our lives. Sure. And all the fans. So uh, that story starts actually with the idiot over here on the couch who's too shy to show his face. Yeah, so we got another another buddy here, another part of the brotherhood, if you will. Uh, he's off camera. He's a mystery. All right, so we got some technical difficulties. 
we'll talk about that in a sec. And I'm a little heated because we lost some good content. But Great content. Basically, where we left off was um, you started at Portland. You're emailing. You emailed your roommate who was going to be your roommate who ended up being Scotty, who's actually here today. He's just off camera yep. uh, somewhere around here. Yeah. Um, and you were talking about being at Portland and then kind of how you ended up at Riddle. Yeah, so I did the Portland thing. Um, did that for a year. Like I said, I was a basketball player in high school, so my roommate thought I was like a bonji, like just a six-five black dude that made it rain. And then a five-foot-nothing white guy shows up, so he was shocked. Um, hard to explain that one. He was shocked, and he's a redhead, so it's kind of a weird mix. Yeah, I don't know why he was like... Yeah, I don't know why he was disappointed. Yeah, he was like disappointed that he didn't have like someone in his corner, and yeah. instead he got me. And he goes, "Well, I guess my Shit. life is fucked." So, all right, we did that for a year, and uh, I left, and uh, I went to a small D three school in Virginia. Girlfriend was hooking up with a guy on the team. Oh, that's I, right. I wasn't yeah. a huge fan of that, believe it or not. Um, good, good for them. And then I felt betrayed. Whatever. So, for- I don't know why. Right, because, yeah, my teammates all knew. A bitch boy. <laughs> yeah, um, my girlfriend was banging and doing the team. So, I left. Um, wanted to go to Embry-Riddle. Didn't think I was good enough to play. But my dad was an alma mater there. And I was yeah, like, Wild Bill. Wild Bill. So, Wild Bill graduated in, like, you know, it was just prior to World War One, I, I think. So During the Ottoman Empire days? Yeah, it was just when the Persians started taking over. Yeah, um, that's when Wild Bill's like, I want to fly. <laughs> I want to fly, and then they wouldn't let him. So, <laughs> Sounds uh, like me. so he graduated Embry-Riddle, and he always wanted me to go there, and uh, I didn't think I had the grades. Anyway, so I got in. He called the baseball team, mm-hmm. and uh, so they talked about the system they had, and they, they teach you the toughness training manual. Great read on eBay. The it's new, like it's it like it's like toughness? the new toughness trade. It's like seven ninety nine on eBay, and uh, well worth it. <laughs> it's something. So uh, we liked the system they had in place. It gave an opportunity for someone like me, who is not the most gifted athlete. Um, I only tend to hit, like my my best skill sets were soft throwing left handed pitchers. I just I lit up. So like there were guys in college I got there. Uh, Chris Maloney was one that like I owned, like just dominated. So, but I was not great against you know a lot of other guys. So I had to kind of uh, work really hard in order for that to work out. Right. And uh, so anyway, they gave me an opportunity to play. I ended up- so that was one thing I liked about them, at least from the outside looking in, 100%. is that. One of the big things that I always got from other like coaches and friends when I was in high school was like, "Hey, you're just not big enough. You're not the size or the skills to to go make it at any you know outside of high school." So when I see something like that, that's when I was like, "Obviously, they're finding value in somebody for some reason other than just height and strength." Or, or what? What are the big five? Right? They they, whatever the standard, they looked at right. Yeah, because. For guys like me, the big five was, you know, yeah. I wasn't high up on the uh, I didn't have any of those. Yeah. No, but they, they looked at people, honestly, and were like, hey, can you contribute? And yes, they were tough, and they weren't great about walk-ons. No. They were not. Like, So I was a preferred walk-on, meaning they, they trusted my D1 background enough to let me uh, essentially play in the fall and see what happens. But yeah, yeah they weren't great about walk-ons, unfortunately. 
Uh, and I think, personally, walk-ons, I think, are the best because they're not playing for money. So, um, so I, I, I played that year. I was a shortstop. You, you didn't get any scholarship, did you? Maybe a couple bucks? Uh, we can talk about that later. Right. I'm still waiting for Randy to show me what that paperwork looks like. Uh, from him. Yeah, <laughs> he, he promised me scholarship paper. Couldn't even tell you what it looks like. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you about mine in a second, too. <laughs> so I was playing shortstop. I had, had a cannon for an arm. And uh, <laughs> I ended up – so in, in, in pregame, I break my feet. I break my foot. Yeah, it was like a stress I was I was bad and I, I break my foot, but I don't know, right? I'm, I'm running to first. I'm like, I, I can't – I can't. Hurts, like, hey, yeah. coach, I think I broke my foot. I can't run. He goes, you're fine. Suck it up. I go, I guess I'll suck it up. So I in the second inning because of the way things worked like they had this weird rotation I could, I would go into shortstop in the second inning whatever I go into shortstop of course first ball is a missile at me it bounces off my chest hits me in the chin I chip a tooth I pick it up send a I mean a missile to first he's out by ten steps as I throw the ball my foot just collapses and I fall over and you just topple people are literally dragging me off the field and he goes. Get out of here. Go get checked out. You're just like, pissed off that finally, like, not like man, you are you all right? It's like you he just, was upset. I drug my cleats across the the the, uh, the, the first baseline, yeah, and I messed it up, right? And then now his the rest of his like schedule like roster moves are all out of are whack. they're out of whack, right? Yeah. So I go in and they're like, well, you gotta get uh, you know a scan, all these things. So. Uh, I broke it in twelve places. Whatever, I'm out for thirteen weeks. It was the foot boot. or the leg. It was my foot. Okay, but it was a part of my foot that doesn't get a lot of blood flow. So yeah. whatever, it doesn't matter. But thirteen weeks in a boot, essentially done for the year. Yep. I played in twelve games. Ten was the minimum, the maximum for a red shirt. So I was past the point of eligibility for a red shirt. So I was like, well. Just lost a year. Yeah, well, I, I rehabbed. I came back in the playoffs, but we ran into St. Thomas, who had – they were simply in Fuego. That's right. That was like their theme, I guess. Manny Ramirez was uh, their number two, three, four, and eight hitters and uh, <laughs> went deep about ten times off, I think, Chris Maloney. And um, so we ended up getting beat like – I don't know, it was like 20 to one in regionals and don't go to the World Series. So yeah. year ends, they leave. Coaches leave. So, Steagles that's take over. That's they picked up. Yeah. But that whole year, that's kind of where you establish, like, you had your friend come, Danny, who's he's part of the Brotherhood, obviously. Um, he came – you guys knew each other in high school and childhood. He came to Emory Riddle. So, that entire year, you had Danny. I think you said Scotty eventually, like, found a way. I think your dad, Wild Bill, weasel his way. Like to get Scotty. Wild in Bill told the admissions people Scotty would do just fine if they'd let him in. Because Scotty had failed out of Portland, and we, we both went to Portland together. He had failed out his sophomore year when I was at Bridgewater. Yeah. I went to Ever Riddle, and then Scotty's like failing out of Portland. I was like, dude, come to Ever Riddle. They'll take anybody. Turns out they won't take anybody. <laughs> my dad likes, like, hey, I'm an alumni. Take my word oh, for it. Oh, a big timer. Yeah. I'm like, I work for like important shit. Yeah. And, uh, He's like, he's going to do great. And so they let Scotty in. Look, I mean, Wild Bill. Oh, right. I mean, he, he, he's the real deal. So yeah. they let Scotty in. And to Scotty's credit, he graduated with honors. He yeah. ended up crushing it. Uh, it was just funny that my dad had to, like, argue Begged to get to him get in. It, which is I know. crazy because crazy. from high school to try to get into that school was not difficult. A joke. At the time, a like joke. the like the 
a good SAT score to get into that school was like 1,100. It wasn't high. Out of 1,600 at the time. It was, yeah. So that was really funny to me because at the same time, I'm already in the school. I'm failing out. I got a 1.8 GPA. I lose my ROTC scholarship. So I got to figure out a way to pay for more school. Lost your scholarship. That's right. I didn't even see a cent of it. I lost it before I started because it was started at my second year. Uh, yeah, the three year. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so mm. just it was. It's funny hearing that he couldn't get yeah. it. I'm in, but doing worse than he was. Oh yeah, essentially. But it worked out because he gets in. He crushes the program. Danny crushes the program. Yeah. Um, and you build a relationship with with Matty T, who's also a player. Yeah. Matt Tomansky. So we're in our first year there. We're, we're staying in Missy Springs. That's and a that's where Matty T comes around. First apartment complex. It, it is like where the shithole is of shitholes. Yeah, on the it's behind the shitty Publix and behind the Blockbuster, which was popping back. Blockbusters then. like don't even. They, Blockbuster had been canceled, but Daytona didn't even know that yet. No. Yeah, and they were just raging in there. Trash. So we're in Missy Springs. That's where Matty T starts showing up. He's like, hey, Maddie, you, I mean, you live with your parents. Maybe you, you're bored this weekend. Because me and Danny and Scotty had no friends. It was just a three, yeah. No one on the baseball team liked me because I'm a walk-on, right? I'm nobody. Right. I suck. And now you're also injured, so you're not really – you're not planning on doing anything. Yeah, so nobody yeah. hangs out with me. So I started telling this other guy who looks like he doesn't fit. I was like, hey, let's <laughs> come hang out with us. And so he starts showing up. He's got a brick of beer on his shoulder. And uh, he just never leaves on the weekends. And that's like every couch. weekend, and we're like, I don't know who this guy is, Matty T, hey, Matty T. Well, it's on the I guess. Yeah, <laughs> next thing you know, uh, uh, Matty T is an, a vital piece of the equation going forward. Yeah, he's a mainstay, yeah. for sure. Yeah, he's a real. He's one of the pillars. Yeah, he's one of the pillars. Yeah. So, meanwhile, this is all happening with your circle and world. Yep. My world is I'm going to games as a fan when I don't have class or anything. Yeah. I see well Matty T's redshirted, so I see him, but I don't I don't know who he is because he's yeah. not playing really. I see you out there when you were playing, and then I also see you involved in the games, in the game, like mentally, emotionally, with the boot on when you're on the side. Yeah. So you're still in it. I'm in the fight. Right. And my again, I I see you, you're shorter than me. Not even close. Significantly shorter. Pretty significantly shorter, yeah. yeah. And I'm a short guy, too. Yeah. So I see that. I'm like, man, this guy got a chance to play. Like, that's – if he can do it, if he got in – If I can got, do it, literally anybody can. Then I then there, there's an avenue of approach for me. So after the Williams leave, after that year ends – because they had already cut you twice, right? They cut me. They cut me once, and then I begged to get a trial. I also broke my yeah. foot that same year—a stress fracture on my foot. Yeah, uh, in a boot and crutches for a while, and I begged, and I was like, "Hey, I'll be back like a week after your walk-on trial. So let me get one." And they're like, "Get, get, get out! out. Yeah. <laughs> get, like, yeah. no chance. We need someone to shag balls. And it, yeah, we don't even need you to shag balls. Like <laughs> nothing. So I'm going in my third year now." Coaches recently, like new coaches are in the Steagles, and I talked yep. about already how Steagles Eagles, yeah, how they changed they changed my trajectory of my life yep. because without them giving me the opportunity to try out for the whole fall semester of the 07, 08 year school year, um, I'm probably dropping out of school. I mean, I didn't tell my I never told life my changer. parents that life but changer though it was yeah. yeah because I got my shit together. 
I got I changed majors. I got my grades back up because like I just had a purpose in life again. You yeah, know? Some, yeah, something to work for. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. So they gave me that. And another thing too was that just looking at you from the previous year was like we're very like there was a lot of things I saw we had in common. Like yeah. guys having to having to fight for their and earn their spot because you weren't just walking into the baseball team like a lot of people do with like six two six four guys with a lot of natural ability, a lot of natural strength. Five foot nothing, hundred nothing. Not a speck of athletic ability. Not a speck of athletic very Rudy esque. Yeah. So I saw that and I got then a I Rudy saw... champ my sophomore year. But yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot yeah. about that from an away team. I forgot what team that was. It was at all, all guy school in, in Virginia, but yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Fantastic. So yeah. I saw that and then I was like, oh, he broke his foot too. Like there's another like commonality. I'm looking for all these things so I can like We're do brothers, a little, yeah. like CIA Brothers but agent brothers kind of didn't thing. even know yet. Yeah. yeah. So we start the walk like right before the actual um, fall semester starts after I had the meeting with the Steagles. I was like, okay, my next stop, I got to find this Matt Steele guy and contact him. Yeah. And I found your name, your email in the school directory. Yeah. Um, it was recon. I call it recon. You could call it stalking, whatever you would have you. Definitely stalking. So I shoot you an email. And on the surface, it was a lot of seemingly looked like a lot of dick sucking. And I'll admit that that's probably what your it looked knees, like. Your knees are sore and your lips My are very My Oscar Schwader is all yeah. out of whack because yeah. of it. Yeah. But. In your defense, though, when I read it, I was like, he's he's right with all these things. So. Yeah, because yeah, you needed the ego stroke. <laughs> you didn't have a lot of fans in the stands coming for you only. <laughs> Zero. Yeah. And Zero. I, and, and I said this before, probably off camera, is there was not one of those. Like, I've sent emails to like, hey, I'm going to suck this guy off, make him sound cool and look cool so I can get my way. Okay. Jose it was not that, that at all. Yeah. This was all genuine. I was like, man, I think you're like you're a hard worker. You're working your ass off out there. Like, I'd really like to be friends with you or something. I'm trying out. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah, that's what it was. All that shit. Might have been top five biggest regrets in my life. Thinking back, I I, I would uh, hope top one or two. Yeah, yeah. it's up there because yeah. I w- every day I wake up, I wish, man, I wish he wasn't my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I I don't know why I hit send. Truly blessed. Why did I hit send? You're welcome. Yeah. 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 So then we finally like you actually responded. Bonji, if you remember the story from I think episode 45 when oh, he yeah. was on, where he told me we're gonna have a catch and then he blew me off. Yeah. So, so to speak. I know you you and Bonji are definitely closer than you and I are, but he scoffed you at first. Oh yeah. Completely scoffed you. He did, uh, and I did not. No, you gave um, me at least a. I gave you a fair a shake. Respectable response. It yeah. was. It was like a. Like if you were, if I I'm was not going to suck you up, but I'll rub you off. Kind yeah, of if I was a famous athlete and a fan emailed me, like to be nice to the fan, I'd be like, "Hey, thanks for reaching out." Like one of those things. Yeah, it was respectful. It was one of those, but the next level of that. So then you you get put on the team, right? And then we have the. I'm sure you've talked about the um, how you got your name with Bud. A little bit, yeah. We yeah, when about you showed up episode. and you were in uh, your blues for uh, the physical, physical yeah. running up into the hallway. You were called Sergeant Pepper, <laughs> and then next thing you know, you're Sarge. Um, and then we had the um, the fall. Um, where Coach Ritter spoke it and all some, the student athletes. It was what some was that? Dinner. It was a fall dinner. Yeah, with all student athletes, right? And I'm coming right from ROTC class. You come right from ROTC, 
I'm the only asshole you know. You you look at me and you beeline over next to me, right? And and of course, so you when, sit next to me in your in your uniform. Everyone's wearing like like a button down shirt. Everyone's or even dressed a polo. to impress. There yeah. were a couple of guys on the team that dressed like assholes. Standard, um, but yeah, but they were still in civilian clothes. Hundred percent. You were the only not, person in military <laughs> attire, and you're like. You're the only person I know, and you come and sit by me. And I remember Boom. thinking, I even remember thinking the time, hey, this guy stands out completely, and I'm like, I don't really give a shit. I'm like, I just don't care. Like, he seems like a nice guy, and it, it's not a big deal. Like, I, I remember actually thinking I didn't give a shit, and I should, because should that have. is the shallow way of, like, thinking, right, right? It was like, I should be embarrassed about this, and I just, I, I'm not. And uh, and you came over and we didn't we said like three or four words but yeah. like uh, it brought a little comfort to you and I didn't give a shit and dude that was the start that was it you were yeah. in I'm surprised you weren't thinking like why did I reply to that email I just remember thinking like dude I appreciate someone with some balls because I was there and I got it yeah you know what I mean and uh, but dude you were one of the best things that happened to that team uh, for the entire time you we were there so. I mean, that was one of those, like, kind of going back to what you said, like, the blessing in disguise, it changed my life. So, I was going to I was gonna give back to the Steagles and that yeah. team yeah. as much as I possibly could. And it wasn't going to be with baseball skill set. It was going to be with something else. But it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. you look back at the history of the program since you and I left, and you talk about people who had the biggest impact on the program. You're up there... Uh, it doesn't matter. Like uh, uh, Ponce is, is thrown for for St. Louis, and and we got some other guys that have have made the bigs. But like, dude, the impact you made on the program actually uh, transcends a lot of what those individual accolades have made because it was it was it was beyond you. You actually you were one of the first people who actually showed it meant more for the success of the program than any individual. And dude, I, I remember you inspired me uh, very early on. And uh, it was truly remarkable what you did. And I think if you ask the Seagulls the same thing, they'll never admit it because they, no, they, they are who they tough. are. No, I even appreciate you um, saying this stuff Because even, even they said, they're like, oh, as soon as you graduate, uh, you're dead to us. Uh, what have you done for me lately? It was, and, and, and we they, know they, they don't mean that. They always said, like, the game will go on, you will be gone. They say <laughs> that, but they, they don't mean it, but they do say that all the time. Yeah. Um, I, I think if anybody's trend, like just made a bigger... I, I don't know many people made a bigger impact than you have. Um, Thanks, man. So, yeah. I, and I mean that. I generally mean that. Um, except for Bud throwing BP for everybody. As a, I, 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 as a pitcher. I, I think his his BP was fantastic. Unfortunately, it was during games a lot of times. But um, For the yeah. other team. Yeah, for the other team, obviously. Um, no, uh, you know, I can't he throws talk. one no-no, and he, like, he thinks he's better than everybody. He threw the no-no, but then when I was on the team my first year, he threw the um, the game where he got 27 up and 27 down. It I was know. not a perfect game or a no-hitter, but he either picked the guy off or the guy was caught stealing up base. 100%. That was a pretty um, impressive uh, feat as well. It was almost it was like equivalent to me playing uh, – who was that school I hit like a 1,000 against? It was uh, – Not Northwood. It was um, – It wasn't Northwood. No, um, it was – they're the green team. They were green and white. I hit like 750 career against them. Yeah. Yeah, like could not get out. Damn, that was how Bud was just carved name? up 
our conference. I wish I had uh, my phone. I would look at I give Bud a lot of shit. I, I think he's one of the the best pitchers uh, I've ever seen. Like his understanding and knowledge of the game, his ability to understand how to get people out. Um, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. No, his mental toughness was second none, but he grew up as a goo, uh, product of the goos. But actually, his ability to understand hitters and get them out, it, it's, I mean, it dude, it, it transcended like college baseball. I, I thought he was fantastic. It's unfortunate he didn't continue. So. I thought um, you were going to say that. He's such a piece of shit. Well, no, he's a pussy. That's why he. he so, That's we all know Bud and I want to face each other every year at an alumni game, and then. I started getting uh, getting the swing back, and then he goes, "Oh, I blew up my arm," and he oh, pushed that, out. That's yeah, what, that's you can see the string. Uh, so he won't he won't throw anymore because he knows I I've got him. So well, I mean, if we have an alumni game this year, we have to make it happen, right? Well, he can't throw. Hey, ask him; he won't throw. I think he won't throw. Look, trust me, he won't throw. If there's he knows better because I if I take him Yahtzee, which I will do, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna fucking like a real full, home run. No, I'm gonna go full uh. send. Like, I mean, like dick. I'm gonna dip, drive, and just send it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't look. I don't see that happening. I see a fake bunt. 100%. First pitch, fake bunt. Yeah. Try to bring bump. the third baseman in. <laughs> Suck him in and then poke it back. And then yeah. just poke it out there. Yeah. That's what I see happening. Not on bunt pitches. So here's the thing, though. Full send. You like what is a win to you against that? Like again, because you can get that, you can get that sure little chip shot to third base or whatever. The thing I love best, my, my biggest win over Bud is the duck fart to right because he knows he beat me, but I was just a little bit better and I duck farted in. Hey, you jam me, but I'm still better than you. Like your skill didn't beat you, like didn't beat him, but he still and lost. he would get so mad every time I did it. I just duck farted. Right over second base, just yeah. Yeah, he knows. That reminds me of uh, the Corey Davids hit against Eddie Waters. So we talk about one of the constantly. one of the best moments I've seen on a baseball. Field. Oh yeah, and I saw a lot. There were tears. I was there. I was sitting over on the side of the the uh, left field line. Yeah, we were all we were there, and we talk about it. I give Davids shit constantly. Soft liner up the middle. It was a, everyone and their mother dove for it. It was a duck. They were infield in. It goes over their head. So it was technically his first hit. Yeah, hundred percent in his career at, in college. Bonji, I think, was a first base first coach. First base coach. Yeah, and I always remember this because because told me, and you can kind of hear it too if you listen carefully. He gets to David's Cobblepot, Gotham's first son, and enemy number public enemy number one of the LPDS. <laughs> Gets to first base, he rounds the corner after the duck fart single, and he yep. gets on the. He goes back to the bag. There was like two RBIs, right? I think two runs scored. Well, at least one, yeah. And he starts tearing up and crying. Bonji, like there were at, tears. Yeah, legit. Not tearing up. He was tears. Right. Yeah. And Bonji goes, "Why the fuck are you crying?" Dude? <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, we all love Bonji, but we know. If Bonji's saying that, it ain't great. Right, because yeah. he's... he's um, He wears his emotions on his sleeves. Yeah, what do they call that? An empath or whatever? I forgot what they call there's it. There's another word for it. But yeah, yeah, there's some sort of emotional... Yeah, he's a... It starts with a P, I think. Something like that. Um, but So he's in tune with emotions, we'll call it that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't want him to beat me he's up. He's in tune with his emotions. Yes. Yeah. And when he said that, that was... 
So amazing, I, and so, he—I think he hugged Bond. It was—he tried to, yeah, <laughs> probably. And, and Bond was like trying to give like high five. It was incredible. Yeah, and that's what I see. Like you're like, oh, that's a victory for you against Bud. Sure. And that's a rivalry that people don't understand. And when yeah. we make it famous, people will kind of better understand it. When I like when we're big here, sure, PBS yeah. is big. It won't be. Pe- it won't be long. Yeah, people will see like, oh, this is the Bud Steel rivalry going on yeah. here. There's always all these little rivalries between. Well, between and that comes pals. back to like uh, we talked about this earlier. I had to make specific cuts in my life, like for my wedding, and like sometimes people don't make the cut. The same. The so <laughs> sometimes you're below the cut line. Same reason that you see that hat right there, that only certain people are awarded that hat. Uh, yeah, apparently, <laughs> and other people are not. So it is what it is, and uh, yeah. Uh, F- full disclosure, uh, yeah, I am forever willing to receive any shit I get for Bud not coming to my wedding. But I love you. That was a complete mistake, and uh, I, I the deserve- wedding. <laughs> No, I, I love Hill, uh, but not you know, not not coming to the wedding. Uh, I am forever in debt and uh, disappointed he didn't come. But I deserve all the, the crap he gives me. And every single time he mentions it, I truly it like makes my heart happy that he has not let it go because it bothers me. It bothers me just as much as that. I think it bothers him that he wasn't there because yeah. he him and I were through the goose together. Um, like him and I experienced some emotional things, uh, during that, that one year we got to spend together in the goose that, you know, it, you have to go through it to understand it. Right. Me, Bud, Maddie T, um, Bonji. Bonji, uh, Colin, well, Colin was in the stands watching. But, he was in his own. Um, yeah. We talk about him being in his own yeah. uh, league. Uh, so I am obviously always, uh, in debt to Bud. And I will only admit that one time, bud. So that's all I got for so him. So you better make sure you save this, this episode. That is it. That's uh, it. But I, I truly do mean that. Yeah, but that's something that, like, for all of us in that in that group, and we could talk about this, too, like, on the military side, is when you go through shit together, yeah, we'll shit talk. Like, I'll, I'll never stop shit talking to you. Ever. And I'll never stop hating you and wanting to be better than you in every single way. And, and, and you I are. Assume, yeah. And I expect that to be on your from you as well. 100%. But when you go through any sort of shit together, some some trials or tribulations of any kind, yeah. like when you experience that, like you you get that you form that bond that is like unbreakable. Dude, it's an unbreakable bond that I don't think you can explain to anybody. No. I, I my wife is amazing. I love her. And she gets it because she was a, a, a you know almost an Olympic athlete and whatever. But I, she th- has there, it with her. There is a bro level though that the broette level doesn't quite get. Yeah, I don't know if and not nothing against Hill at all because no. she had her like they had their own uh, group dynamic that yeah. they went through shit together as and well. And she but. gets it. She's like, I when you guys are together, I just kind of like let y'all do your thing. Yeah, we. I don't know why. I can't like it's like you said like there's nothing that you can say to like explain it correctly or properly or appropriately. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like we we get together and it's yeah. absolute mayhem. We can be and I I, I kind of hate like I keep talking about it all the time and I bring it up on every episode. I have a guest from from the good old days, <laughs> but we can be away from each other for years 
and maybe talk to each other twice in like five years. We fought, we, we, we meet up and we're instantly right, right back, back in. into it. Yeah. Right, right back, back in. in. And there's yeah. no like, Hey, how's it going? I miss you. It's, it's like, Hey, right nice mustache in. homo. Yeah. Like <laughs> nothing oh, wrong you're, with that. you're into that now. Uh, yeah. Well, and I was telling you earlier, like Remy came by. Wet cat. Uh, yeah. Everyone yeah, has the, a wet cat. Uh, the wet cat. Uh, it was before I deployed. So it was back in the fall and hadn't seen him in a while. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hadn't seen him in a while. Uh, brought his girlfriend, who's fantastic. He's way out kicked his coverage. She's way too good for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Uh, she's the best. But, I like, I hadn't seen the wet cat in a fr- Dude, it was like I had just seen him. And him and I, like, him and I butted heads in college a couple times. Oh, like, yeah. Like, Ryan made well, it. I was like, get your ass on the buck. He's like, fuck you. Like, I butted dude, heads him with and Phil, I, too. We talked about it But on I love episode. and respect that dude as much as anybody. And, yeah. uh, dude, it was so cool. Like, he came over. I hadn't seen him in years. And... That's how it was. It's just back in. It's like you never right back into it, man. Yeah, like, there's no catching yeah. up needed. It's just right back into the the. the nah, and, I, and I think you're right. Like some of the things we all went through together, like um, Quinn. I mean, him and I had a connection. Like when he was pitching, and I was playing middle infield. Mm-hmm. That like is inseparable. Did we get along all the time? No, we we no. had plenty of disagreements. You kind of can't like that's the natural yeah. human thing. Like you're never getting along with everybody all the time. If you are, you're faking it. Hundred percent. But if you ask me, like, hey, who is like name the top three pitchers you'd ever play for, and it would be Bud would be one, Quinn would be the other, and the third would be tough. It'd be like Otto or Brian Recco. You know, Those it's, guys, it, I, yeah, I never played with them. I don't yeah, know. And they were they were the year before you, but like, yeah. dude, it's some of the best people you've ever played with, and and. Yeah, Quinn and I did not get along all the time. No. Um, but there's no one else I'd rather be behind, or, like I said, other than Bud. Yeah. And, he actually uh, played Quinn, Austin Quinn, uh, Embry-Riddle grad. He played independent minor league ball for the Pensacola yeah. Pelicans for a year when I was stationed in Pensacola my first couple years I in remember the military. That. Yeah. And yeah. his now wife would come up to watch some home games when she could. And we would hang out, and he was always hooking me up with tickets and stuff. Yeah. And it was again, we stopped. Like I was, I was there for a year before he got there, pretty much something like yeah. that. There was, yeah. there was some time where we didn't talk at all. Yeah. And as soon as he like finds out he's going to the team, I just was like, "Hey, I live here," and he goes, "You're getting tickets," like yeah. instantly. And we got to hang out. It was, a, it was another. Another way for us to to stay to stay in touch, stay close. One thing I would say that's unfortunate about about Quinny is that that dude should be coaching college somewhere right now. Yeah, I don't dude. even know what he's doing right now. I'm sure, I'm sure I, he's doing I, fine I saw in his I, life. he's doing great. I, yeah. I saw him uh, less than a year ago in Daytona. His kids were doing swim lessons. They were so cute, and I love what him and Sarah are building. However, that dude should be coaching college baseball. He needs to be involved, dude. He is. He is a. He's a brain that's the next level. I think him and Bud, when you think about guys that actually get it and can coach at the next level, those are two guys that, honestly, I think are some of the best out there. Well, I saw I wish Bud was here now, and maybe when the next time I get him I wouldn't on, say if he was here. Uh, well, yeah. yeah but I'm saying, saying um, I've seen Bud coach at least Little League. Yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. Dude, but he, he gets coach- it. Like, he understands the game, though. Him and Quinn have some of the highest baseball IQ I've ever seen. Yeah. And they're both pitchers, which they never have IQ. No, it's usually like throw throw hard and sit the back back down. But 
Bud Throw is hard good ass, because right? he's teaching kids. He's coaching kids, so he's got the baseball prowess shit down. But he's coaching these kids like they're college age players. That's perfect. Ripping them to shreds. Love it. Making sure that they're like getting in their ass. They're not hustling if they're being lazy. That's awesome. Making sure the parents have no say. Or, like button in, or you know how parents are these days, just getting involved. Every everyone's kid is Babe Ruth, so. He's making sure that doesn't happen. He's got his his old man, Big Mike, also Love causing Big Mike. trouble. Love it's, Big Mike. It's a sight. And one time, actually, Bonji came to visit us in Maryland one one time, and we got to go check out a game of of Bud coaching like a little league middle school, and it was stupendous. It was a sight to see. And you're absolutely right. They need to be in the game. They need to be involved in that they world be. again. Because it's not just about coaching baseball. It's not like you're a good baseball player, you should go coach. It's about stuff I talk about all the time, about like leading people, teaching them life lessons through a sport, which is, which is an unbelievable thing to be able to do. Oh, yeah. Uh, teach that camaraderie, camaraderie, work ethic, competitiveness, understanding, like dealing with loss and failure, all that stuff. And they need to be like, I think Bud would be it. Like the perfect guy, Quinn would be another perfect guy. Well, I, and I talked about this. So I, I just got back from a deployment. <coughs> You're Sorry, losing I'm, I'm like sucking on it. <coughs> um, got back from a deployment, and and one of the things is we did a synopsis of all the things we did during that deployment, and we were trying to change the way we think about the way we operate and all these things, but uh, one of the big things was was exactly what you are saying. Like, dude here are people who actually get it and at a different level, but dude, they bring out the best in the individual, right? And, and you look at Quinn and Bud and, uh, and, and I think Bonji has a lot of that opportunity. Those are the guys you need in that environment because dude, yeah. they can mentor and make people better, but they just, it's hard because I don't think they see it because they're just, they're just the most humble they're people you ever meet. There's not, yeah. there's not a lot of so ego they're, going they on. So they don't see it. No, there's zero ego with those yeah. those people. Um, but, like, dude, I I would sit and listen to any one of them. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So. It was actually fun playing with Bud <clears throat> in summer ball. Like, not summer ball, but, like, men's league. We played that one year in Maryland together. Um, because Crab cakes in, in, in summer league. What's that? Crab cakes in summer league. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what Maryland, Maryland does. Yeah. yeah. So um, our coach <laughs> – I don't even remember his name, honestly. Nice guy. <coughs> Not a baseball mind. He was a nice guy, and that's it, you know? So, it was me and Bud were the most skilled players on the team, and I was just taking my coaching leadership instruction and stuff from him. Um, and he was an asshole sometimes, and we talked about that uh, because mainly because I sucked and I needed an asshole to get on, you know, sure. to get on me. Um, but it was like he was in his natural habitat. And it was great to, to be back. Like, not only was he playing, but he was still, like, leading as well. Um, and it was that was awesome. So I liked seeing that. I like seeing that everywhere. Like, I want to see people that have that ability, that natural ability to lead and grow people and be a part of that. Um, I yeah. want to see them everywhere. Like, I talk about this, at least off camera, like, how the military needs more of that. Yeah, 100%. Um, and that you get the the one or two like leaders that you work with in the military, 
um, in your in your career that change like your whole perspective. Like you'll yeah. deal with more, you'll deal with more mediocre, average, average mediocre to subpar leaders throughout your military career than you will good leaders. I feel like at least for me, maybe 100%. I'm jaded. I had a couple of bad experiences so far in my career, but those one or two that you get that you that are actually good um, and and can provide you that good mentorship and those life-changing experiences for you. Yeah. Um, that's something that like, when you, when you feel, when you experience that, you just want that for everybody because it changes, like it changed, it kept me in the military. It's the reason I'm still here because yeah. as every time <clears throat> I'm about to like, I'm out of the military, I'm done. I'm going to go to the civilian sector and do whatever. And you know, all that sh- bullshit. You get one good leader in there. That's just like, okay, I'll stay in for him. Like for guys, like if I can see, yeah. if I can meet another person like that. Yeah. It's funny you say that though, because you and I talked about this a little while ago. Um, so we know some of the sports were canceled this year at Embry-Riddle. I know you've talked about this. Yeah. We right? had a whole nice little episode. Whole, whole I had an email conversation with uh, the president. <laughs> <laughs> but like you and I talked about this. <clears throat> so like, I have done a lot of great things in my career. I, I, I would say, I've done some things in my military career I never ever expected to do, um, and some of those <laughs> I did. That's lost appointment, right? Mm-hmm. Like some of the things we did were like, I mean, it was unreal. But big time things. I like <clears throat> you step back. And you're like, I can't believe I can't I believe I did that. Like did right? that. Yeah. But I look at where did I actually learn the skill sets that made me successful in order to do that, and it wasn't in the military. No, that's not a notch in the military. I'm not. I'm not taking a hack at them, but it is absolutely 100 percent due to the things I learned as a student athlete at Ember Riddle. We talk about the total package, and we all make fun of it. Yeah. Chuzman Guzman, the <laughs> ultimate total package, right? <laughs> yeah. Student person player. He was the ideal person. The ultimate. <clears throat> the ultimate SPP, if you will. So good he could park his car on the baseball wherever field wherever he wanted, and it was fine, or his truck, or whatever dumb vehicle that was. Yeah. <laughs> That burnt orange vehicle. It was burnt orange. It was like the avalanche. It was avalanche. avalanche. Yeah. Yeah. We all know that's how bad it was. Um, But you look at the skill sets that I learned to do some of the things that I've done in just the last few months, I never learned in the military. I learned them under the tutelage of of some fantastic coaches, including the head basketball coach and and AD, who was not involved in the baseball program at all at the time, Coach Ritter. Um, obviously the Steagles, the Goose, like, and then obviously the people that we are around, JP, um, the trainers, um, Justin, like it was phenomenal, right? Yeah. Well, but then you look at the players, right, and, and the things we all went through together, and so that built a foundation for how to overcome adversity and tough times, and like. All of these things that build character and things that you can't put a number on. You right. can't quantify it. No. It's an it factor. We talk about it in sports all the time. They've what either got saying? it or they don't. Yeah. I, I don't, don't know, know how to define is. it is. Yeah. What is it? It's that's it's, who knows? Nobody knows. It's it, that's that's, that's but, the saying. Is, but I don't dude, know what it is, but he's got it. He's got it, right? Yeah. And so not everyone at the U, the E R A U, had it. But I think a lot of people developed it over the course of their time at Riddle. Yeah. Right? And then By they seeing took, it. 100%. And they took that skill set into whatever they did, right? And so 
what's frustrating to me is I see where the athletic program is this year, and we lost some sports that at surface level, okay, we canceled sports, no big deal. Yeah, at surface level is what it looks like. It's but not, yeah, it's, it's not, not just canceling the sport. You're, you're talking about a couple hundred kids that are going to go out and the things they learned are going to make them leaders in the real world. Yeah. And I hate to tell you, but the rest of the student af- or the rest of the students at the school don't have those leadership opportunities and they don't understand what it's like to be part of a team. No. Uh, and, and sure, they're, they're in, cl- I'm not taking anything away from them. No, but there is something you. different about college athletics. It's just a different world. That's it. It's not better or worse. It's, it's not better or worse. It's, it's different. That, yeah. It's different. Because like different. Scotty never was a student athlete. He hung out with us a lot, right? But And he is one of the most successful. I respect him more than I respect anybody. He's one of the most successful, successful human beings I I'm, I'm yeah. actually can say I know and be friends with. 100%. You know. But I, I would also say there's something to be said about the rest of us that went through the college athletic experience. Yeah. So it's very disappointing to see that they canceled a bunch of the programs. Um, well, they took a, they took that year away from that, like the opportunity for people to, to exactly. experience that and learn that stuff. Learn those skill sets. you don't sets. learn it from PowerPoint presentations or people telling you yeah. about leadership and working hard and dealing with failure you don't learn about it from somebody telling you no. that and and look around there's there's so many successful people and the ones that aren't um you know, I mean you look at me you're like well you you were a terrible student athlete because you weren't a great teammate it's not because you gave up a home run bottom of the ninth um to uh friends in pacific and, and yeah. my career um and stuff like that no it was more of a dude you just weren't a great teammate yeah that's what people care about because like i Aaron Varnum gave that home run. I'll never forgive him. But like, is he a terrible person? No. Uh, but other people who were just not great teammates, those are the ones that we we remember, right? So right. It's just frustrating. I, I hate to see what happened to the student athletes this year. Uh, I was trying. I I wrote a letter. I haven't sent it yet. Um, I got the address for the president. Yeah, I've got it too. So I need to send it, Coach uh, Steele. I know. Cheesesteak wants it, uh, my uh, copy of it. I, I'm going to send it, but I, I saw the cross-country team practice. I had to edit it because I, I thought all sports are canceled. No, so. it's, two sports are yeah. good in the spring. I yeah. know, I, so I had to change it, so I'm still editing it. Yeah, but. it's just um, it's frustrating to see because we, we got to experience that. We got to live yeah. uh, that life of a student-athlete. And again, I, I have friends that... I love to death, but they always dog dog on me where they're like, oh, you know, you make it sound like baseball was so hard and that you're tougher because you went through baseball and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yes, I do think that. <laughs> but 100%. Uh, in, in all reality, it's not just about that, like, I played baseball in college, so I'm better than you. Like, you know that's not my attitude at all. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that I just – we just learned so much and got so much out of the experience overall as humans yep. and men – it wasn't just about it wasn't just about playing a sport that like being jocks and throwing a ball and hitting a ball. It was so much more than that. Yeah. Again, if it wasn't for baseball and the Steagles, like I'd be a college dropout. I don't know what I'd be doing in my life. I'd be at home. My parents would be beating my ass every day. And, th- and that's my fear is they don't understand. Like, think about the student athletes that, for whatever reason, like I was a smart kid, but. 
if it wasn't for baseball, I I I wouldn't have gone. I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah, the the there's right. Yeah, there's no so pur- like the purpose wasn't there. No, it, and so it, it's just frustrating to see, um, and, and the bonds and the relationships you form. Like there's a there's a lot of great connections and groups of people. Yeah, it's a fraternity. Like you take any student athlete, like if you message any athlete from everywhere over the last decade, you're like, hey, I was a baseball player, you know, circuit day, whatever. Whatever. You I need help in this. Dude, everybody's going to take care of each other. Yeah. Because we've know. all been through the suck together. Yeah. Yeah. They've all been through it as some some form of fashion yeah. together. And that's a big thing that and, – and there's really nothing that you can say. Like, I wish there was something that the Steagle, like the coaches now can say to the current player, like the student athletes, like, like don't give up on this just because yeah. this year is taken. Obviously, the people making the decision on that do not understand the second, third order effects of their decision they don't. in that regard. Um, and yeah. I'm still waiting to hear for an actual valid reason for their decision, whatever. I'm going to keep pushing that, fighting that fight on the back end. Yeah. But there, I wish, I hope the, the people under, like the student athletes understand, like, don't give up the ship just because of this one shitty year exactly. experience yeah. because um, there's, you know, don't miss out on the opportunity just because someone else said you there's, couldn't have yeah, it Yeah, there's year. too much. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's tough. I, it's very tough to just tell people how to be good at, at leadership or be have a good work ethic and all that stuff. And I know they're missing out on that, but I hope the I hope they're listening to the Steagles because yeah. I know they're they're probably pushing out a good message of like you know staying strong and and yeah. uh, you know I, no I know they are and all that yeah, stuff. 100%. So I hope that's the case. But um, if it wasn't for Catherine that, timeout? yeah, let's take a we'll take a quick break, commercial break. And then uh, I'll check the tech and make sure that I'm not screwing anything up again like I have been in the past. And we'll be uh, we'll be right back. All right, we're back. So talked about missed opportunities, all the good stuff about baseball, or at least playing the sport, being the student athlete. I kind of want to talk a little bit without getting too crazy uh, about some of the some of the fun times we had <laughs> outside of the physical aspect of playing baseball and practice and all that stuff. Now, one thing that sticks out that I haven't talked about in a long time, I don't even I don't even know if a lot of people know these stories anymore, is what we called Friday Night Lights. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna Legendary. kick it off to you to kind of talk about the origin behind that and what it was and <laughs> what it became. <laughs> I mean, so, that was like the first if like that was like the first content I kind of ever did. For yeah. me personally. Well, you were the, uh, yeah. So Friday Night Lights evolved from one night we were coming back from a establishment. Uh, there was a group of us in the back of a uh, truck. Yeah. And there was uh, some construction work being done. And we looked outside and we're like, hey, that needs to be. <coughs> You're losing it already. <laughs> So, uh, we're we're driving back after a, a night of being overserved, and uh, we're at a stoplight. <laughs> being we're overserved. Overserved. We look over to the right and we see, hey, there's a construction barrel. Doesn't seem to be a need for it here. There is a need for that construction barrel somewhere in seventeen two zero three. That was 
<clears throat> that's that was the apartment complex you eventually moved to that became the epicenter for epicenter yeah of everything essentially for the last like for most of ever everyone's time there yeah the last at least two years that we were there what was um, the name of that complex uh legacy like Leg- that's right the legacy yeah. legacy a lot of stories in Legacy. Oh, buddy. So we see and This the is one of those orange construction big not a barrels. Color, but the it has big the rubber barrel. the rubber base, right? And it's a, it's it's about I don't know, whatever, between six and nine feet wide. Yeah. And it has a yellow flashing light At the and top. It, it and it goes about every two or three seconds. So And it's battery operated. There's not really an off switch <laughs> on it. There is no off switch on it. So we grab this fucking barrel, we hike it into the back of the truck we're in. Toolsby's driving, shocker. And we head back. So we get back seventeen two oh three. Daniel B uh had to work the next day, so like he didn't go out with us. So we set the barrel, we grab it, and we set it in his room and it is blinking in his face, like just blinking. So he wakes up I don't know how he didn't get a seizure from it. Yeah, we we thought he did. So he wakes up at about six a.m. and this thing is going off in his face. He, you know, he has a meltdown. He yells at us. Yeah, whatever. So that barrel just stuck around uh, for the next, I don't know, six months. If I have a picture of it, I'll uh, I'll pop it up here. We pop might have here. a picture. At least I'll have a picture of the group of us of Friday Night Lights. Hundred percent. I think I have that that I could post up here. If we have the barrel, cool. I have that picture. So <clears throat> one night. Again, I'm overserved, and I'm. It was. I think it was a Friday night. It was. It was the the first Friday night, and it was uh, in the fall because we weren't playing. It was games. football season. Yep, and the barrel is just sitting there, minding its own business. And I'm like, you know what? I need to tackle that barrel. I'm gonna show that barrel who the fucking bitch is. It's bigger than you. Which you gotta me. make sure you know. A sort of dominance. That's right. So I line up <clears throat> in a three-point stance, and I'm ready. That was it. I was going to say football stance. Football but stance. Three-point. Three-point. Yeah. Uh, Matty T calls out the the, the the height cadence, and he's doing the height, 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 and I'm, I'm not budging. I am staying true to the cadence. Hard count. <laughs> yeah, he's hard counting, and then he goes, hut, hut, hut. It was on three. So I go, and I tackle the shit out of this thing. And when I hit it... I think you got airborne. Airborne. Like, I got completely vertical, and I hit this thing, I lay it over, I bounce off of it, it rolls on top of me. Like, it was just a complete train wreck. And they they have this video of it. Two, four, two. Down. Set. Hut! 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 Hi! <laughs> <laughs> and i don't remember where they posted it but all of our friends all of our dumb friends were like that was fucking awesome we're like we gotta we gotta do this as we gotta do this every friday (laughs) so we did it next friday and it got more sophisticated and it, it it gradually grew until we had Two teams on each side, of and the, we had a coach. Of the barrel, and we had a coach who just wore a blazer. That was you. That was me. I that wore, was you. I was whatever I was wearing for the night, and there was a couple times I remember because I didn't. I don't care about how I yeah. look. I already am ugly. I'm a cartoon, so I'm not going to dress like I pretend to be a good looking fella. Sure. Sometimes I'd be wearing like the blue every riddle like track pants that we had. Yeah. 
some shirt, and then the blazer, maybe a tie. Something classy on top to show on that top you're the, of the coach. Trash. Yeah, that I was the coach of the uh, of the game. And I remember uh, who was the dude. It wasn't Colin Gray. Who was the other one that hit the all the home runs? Albright. Albright. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Albright. Albright. Another player. Kyle Albright. I wish he listened so that because that would crush his ego, knowing that he is that forgettable. He is that guy. forgettable. Love Kyle Albright. Um, so a couple weeks later. We do it, and we start videotaping these things and post them. And there's a lot of feedback on Facebook. We have a lot of fans, mm-hmm. and uh, we're getting more fans for that than, than this damn show. Yeah, probably, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And so you're our you're our coach, and he was a referee. Yeah. And so the first the first time we had a defense against an offense, it was really me tackling the barrel again, and then Matty T out of nowhere comes in and hits me. And I spin off and I score. A score, and, and we, everybody goes fucking nuts, right? It was like we won the up Super and Bowl, down like we won the Super Bowl. Everybody jumping up and down. We're in an apartment, in on a apartment complex, just banging on the floor. And Kyle Albright pretends to be ref, opens the fridge of the kegerator, like he's reviewing the replay, calls a touchdown. Everybody goes nuts, and that's how Friday Night Lights was born. It evolved into a for the entire fall that year. It was my first year playing, I think. Yeah. Every Friday before, it was like we were pre-gaming at 17203. Yep. We did Friday Night Lights, and then we would hit the bars. Or Obviously. The special Red Tails, Arena, all the shit. Razzle Dazzles, all of it. Shark Lounge, maybe. Lollipops, all the, all the hot the spots. The Pops was always in. Oh, yeah. But it became this, like, we had this cult following of all other, mainly student athletes. Yeah. And there was yeah. a good amount of, enough of them that... We would be around campus, and people would be coming up to us and like, can't wait for Friday Night Lights this week. I'm I so know. excited. Like, like these shocked. Are, these are other athletes that like I yeah. knew of, but I didn't know them. They're no. like, hey, Sarge, get, can't wait for Friday Night Lights. I was like, thanks, buddy. Yeah, like, thanks, friends. This is my biggest contribution to this to this program. <laughs> it's so true. Like, and it was just a dumb thing we did when we were drunk, and it was. Uh... It was a lot of fun. I, I don't know if we have any more of those videos. We have to look. They have to. Somewhere. They're on Facebook. They have to be on somewhere. Yeah. But it was just a bunch of drunks lining up like an actual football lineup. Hundred percent blocking and tackling, tackling fools. <laughs> Everything was the one. What was the goal line drill or whatever? Incredible 100%. stuff. Because you're always on the goal line. It's always, dude. You're always on parade. Right. That's what it was. Always yeah. on. Always on, like, uh, always on. the cameras are always on. Cameras are always on. You got to be ready. And uh, it was just this dumb thing we did. Yeah, and, and it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and that was probably, again, as an adult, well, technically an adult age-wise, that was the first piece of content that was ever created. Yeah, <laughs> so it was. That and then OnlyFans came on shortly after. Yeah, and yeah. then I, I show off my Oscar slaughter now on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> Make a killing. That's how I pay off my student loans. Thanks a lot, every Riddle. Tough. So we had a lot of good times at seventeen two hundred three. That was again that became the epicenter for a lot of things. Bud talked about the time uh, the one girl um, pissed in his room when he was living there. That was. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll block uh, out Chris the names still... uh, to protect the innocent. But yeah, he got he had a girl piss in his room when he lived there. So and then another soccer player because they're all soccer players. Yeah, took our tap for our kegerator, pulled it down, but turned it sideways and pulled, mm. and then it just dumped the entire keg on the floor of beer. Ca- yeah. Carpet, 
Yep, the carpet was just destroyed. I think your dog Reese started drinking that up. Reese was hammered drunk off the floor. Yeah. Uh, Plus all the daiquiris people were feeding this poor dog. It was a wiener dog. Yeah. Reese, rest, of gold. rest in peace. <laughs> but Rip. Um, do you remember the time we when Corey Beavis, another player, he was he was living at he was living in the apartment with you guys. He does his phantom move. That was his signature move. Signature move. We would be all pre-gaming, hanging out, and and Corey would disappear. Phantom. Gone. gone. For whatever reason. I'm sure it was important. Whatever. Hey, it had to be. He was gone. And at this point, like it was like late into the fall, and we're like, well, I'm so tired of, of Beavis just phantoming on us. Where is Every Why is he ghosting and just disappearing? Yeah. We're going to get him back. So do you remember it what we great. did? wasn't great. Oh, yeah. We took the entire contents of 17203 and stuffed it in his room. So, sorry, I'm spitting my cheese here. We're talking <laughs> all the furniture. All the furniture. All the Anything that can move. The barrel. Chairs, the barrel. Yeah. The couches. La- like dirty laundry. Tables, like laundry. Everything. And then you also had this raft yeah. out on the balcony. Oh, that I you forgot used. about that. You used on the lake, like the little pond for some other shenanigans. Yeah. yeah. Brought that raft inside into the room. Now, in that raft, do you remember the little lizard that was stuck in the raft yeah. that ended up in the room? So oh, I yeah. don't know if we have the picture still. If we do, I'll find it and pop it up here. If not, you're not going to get the picture. But we got a picture of the whole apartment in his room. Yep. And then everybody yeah. kind of hiding in the 100%. In the everybody rubble. took a picture in that let's uh i'm gonna write that down to get yeah to find that picture somewhere pick yeah and sorry i'm spitting again uh as soon as we took the picture epic epic. it was great we were we're gonna leave it the plan was leave it when beavis comes back from phantoming he was gonna come into that that situation but the wrench was thrown in when yeah. he happened to, and this is probably the best thing he's done, was he happened to text you or whoever else was living in it the, was, the apartment, He texted me. And yeah. he said, hey, I just picked up a, a girl from the, yeah. from the Michelle, airport. I'll never forget. I'm heading back to the, to the apartment. <clears throat> We're going to go in my room and please don't bother us, whatever. Yeah. We start scrambling. I mean tearing this place apart we're like shit like for the girl's sake she, she's yeah. probably a nice person i never i never never actually met her i know her pretty well yeah. we got to clean this mess up so we had to take the picture for posterity and then we had to clean it up and we just showed him the picture what was left in the in the room though was the <laughs> lizard that we never found we saw him come out of the raft he got out and that was it and that was it i don't know what happened to that lizard i don't know if he was <laughs> Tickling Beavis one night or something, but he ended up, he lived there. He's there now. He lived there for like the next year. Because he would show up randomly. We'd see him running across. We're like, hey, that's our lizard. Yeah. But he got, he was he was thicker and fatter every time. Yeah, because he was eating the leftover pizza. Leftover pizza, fudge, whatever. Yeah, yeah. daiquiris, whatever yeah. Reese was leaving leftover for him. And he became part of the, part of the club, I guess. Yeah. So... We had a lot of good times at that apartment, man. And then we would go out and just have our, you know, shenanigans. Shenanigans. Yeah. And then eventually, this is more so. 
I think you were gone or maybe the tail end of your tenure at the at the U. Um, things moved over to what we call the condo. Oh yeah. So yeah, this was more so the time when I first graduated and I was coming back um, on a regular basis from Pensacola because I I needed to come back and get I was I, I wasn't ready to get you know to be yes yeah, some with things baseball. take care of yeah yeah and we would come back to the condo and this is where Matty T's condo that he owned on mm-hmm. the beach yep. And the shenanigans that ensued there almost one up seventeen two oh three. I would say they probably did. I mean, you guys, there was a lot, a lot happened because all of us had graduated now, so we had more money and less give a shits. We were getting paid, like especially you and me. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're graduating right into full salary careers. Yeah, coming back. It was before my loans started coming due because it was that Mm -hmm. seven month window. And I'm just spending life. money. And we talked about some of the escapades at the special interest establishments and mm-hmm. the how you doings. But the condo was now, that was the focal point. That was home base was. for us. We would start HQ. there. HQ. It was HQ. We would start there, get crazy, go out, maybe hit the Flagler Tavern. Oh, man, dude. Flagler Tavern. And then come back. But at, So at Flagler Tavern... At one point of the night, anytime we were there, someone would request. Remember the song that someone would request for the dance floor? It was Shots. Oh my God, Shots. And every time that song came on, Tommy would go nuts. Tommy Cauley, an ex player, the guy we talked about yep. sailing the ball yep. over, over the dugout, would go crazy. He would go crazy. Everyone would go crazy, dancing on each other, yep. jumping up and down like we were at a bar mitzvah. Shots. Just. Going nuts. And every time that song came out, no matter what you were doing, who you were talking to, if you were in the bathroom throwing yep. up, pulling the trigger, Didn't what matter. have you, you heard that song, you ran to the dance floor, you dropped what you Had were to. doing, and and then after you just went back to your normal existence in the club, in the bar, whatever it was. But there was about three minutes there. Heaven. A good, yeah, three to four minutes of doing that. Yeah. And then after that usually would be when Bonji would do what we call the patented jumping hump, the J&H. Oh, my God. Where he would find a lucky lady and <laughs> hoist her up with his mask on the dance floor. And, his, yep. and the dance move, yep. if you will, was jumping. Just jumping, just jumping and jumping pumping. And the top, jumping and pumping. Up and down on the dance floor. Everyone's circling around watching. She's loving it. But He's not like it. soft, like aggressive. No, it was aggressive. Like Very if aggressive. it was real... It would probably hurt. Yeah, like take some ibuprofen before. Oh yeah, yeah. And it would. That was another part of like the evening was watching the the show, I guess, if you will. Oh my God, it was so bad. And then we would maybe find our way over to what was that one place called? The barn. Barn was in Sanford. Yeah. I don't remember how far away that was. About from... forty-five minutes. We went there quite a bit. Yeah, we we used to go there a lot. Yeah, and that was another place where. A lot of a lot of shit went down. A lot of shit. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot, a of, lot shenanigans. of shit went down. A lot of people ended up back at the condo from that from that place. Do you yeah. remember? A lot of shit went down. Do you remember Big Red? I mean, it's she's unforgettable, and we won't get into the the, the nitty we'll gritty. Have to, we'll have to wait till Danny's on. Uh, yeah, we'll get Daniel B yeah. on to talk about that. But I we'll, do remember we'll let Danny talk about that. 
specifically, Big Red ended up back at the condo, yep. and there was one point where I I go to the bathroom, I come out, and Big Red is now in the middle of the condo, like living room, yeah, twirling around nunchucks. nunchucks. Yep. I think Danny or Maddie had nunchucks in their room, and she's like, I know how to use these. Like, yeah. I was trained to use these. And we're like, shit. have at it. Awesome. Go for it. And she's in there going crazy with the nunchucks. It, yeah. Like, crushing it. And, I mean, I was hooked. Heart of gold. 100% heart of gold. The rest of the story will be told at a later date. But Yeah, we'll roll like that one. But, um, oh, man. Yeah. Nice girl. Yeah, she was a heart of gold. Uh, hey, yeah, Danny met her at. Uh, yeah, we got. He's got. He's got to be here to tell a story because it was hundred percent the way uh, they, I guess, met or intertwined, if you will, yeah. was wild. It should never have worked ever in a ever, million years. Ever, you don't do that and expect anyone to even acknowledge you. But he did it in a way that wasn't creepy. So it was not. It was not creepy. It was not. Yep. Anything bad at all? It was just like no one's going to acknowledge you for doing that. You weren't. He didn't even say a word. Nothing. That was the best part. That was the best part. And yeah. it just it happened like a tractor beam of hotness. Wait. Suck them right in. Yeah, that's it. Suck me right in. Yeah. So I mean, there's and again, I I do this all the time where I say there's endless stories. We can go on and on yeah. and on. Yeah. And I don't want to belabor the point because. Um, I want to save it for later because there's endless content that we could talk yeah, about. Yeah, we, we need to let him talk. Yeah. That's funny. But what I do want to do, I want to get you back on because we share a commonality and sort of like a connection in the fact that we both entered the military after. Yeah. And we talk, you and I, one-on-one all the time about yeah. our experiences and what we learned through the career and – what we learned from our time yeah. at, at the U and how it translated over and how it, we became who we are because of that and not as much from the military. You could see the, like the differences and yeah. stuff. And a big thing I do want to talk about eventually, we don't have to get into it now. Um, we'll, we'll have another episode yeah. for sure because it's more of like a serious conversation, but I want to talk about like our experiences over in like combat sure, and how that changed yeah. us and what we took from our time at Riddle Mm-hmm. And how it translated over to to that world because it's two different worlds, but it's kind of not sometimes. It translated yeah. over. It definitely translates, and I think the again the lessons learned that happened at Ember Riddle that transferred to our success in combat uh, shouldn't be overlooked when you're talking about canceling sports. A hundred percent. Right. So it, it transcends kind of that. It's easy at face value to be like, oh yeah, sports don't matter. Uh, I would I would passionately and adamantly disagree with that uh, because the success that you and I have both seen is because that foundation that we got uh, participants we were the total package. Uh, yeah. We weren't quite Chuzman Guzman. No, we weren't at that level. We're not that level. Not tier one. But uh, yeah, we weren't tier one. But we understood what the total package meant. So yeah, that that would be a, a, a great conversation. Yeah, and a separate, and seg- that, a separate segment to probably yeah have. for sure and yeah. and kind of. Going off of that, the decision makers, especially for this particular year that canceled sports this year, yeah. the decision makers that do that are the usually ones that don't have the experience in that in that world. Yeah, and that kind of 
also happens on the military side as well, if you think about oh, it. Oh, 100% it does. Where the people making the decisions are not the ones that experience the 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 down and in, I call it, the down and in shit that you deal with and how it actually They're affects. They're not in the trenches actually seeing what happens. Right. And, and, and I think I that's think management do, at any level, though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think they do a better job in the military of at least considering that and thinking about how it might affect yeah. those those uh, instances or the people there. But at the same time, um, I know my career has changed drastically because of decisions like that. Yeah. Um, and what you know, what I might have missed out on. I talk about all the time how my dream was to fly, and I am not a flyer. Clearly, yeah, we've we've talked about that. Yeah, yeah. So we can get into that later on, but um, I don't want to I don't want to hold you up any more any longer because again, we could talk all night. Hundred percent. I think this was a great first uh, uh, episode. Oh yeah, for sure. Just kind of introduce uh, introduce everything. The weasel. <laughs> introduce the weasel into the mix. Yeah. Um, uh, there's plenty there to talk about. I I think the big thing here is that. Uh, we talked about kind of our roots there of how we met though, but the, the, the foundation that was built from Ember Riddle and the, the people in the relationships that, that kind of formed who we are. And, uh, I think I learned more in my time there in my short three years than I ever could have learned anywhere else. And then I learned more in those three years I ever have since. So, uh, the success that I've seen, and I always say this all the time, like, if if I ever achieve great things by standing on the shoulder of giants, not just literally because I'm not tall. Because you're a little guy. Yeah, but uh, because I, I have great friends and uh, even the ones that I don't like, like Bud. And uh, But I, I just think of, of, of you, Bonge, Matty T, Daniel B, Scotty, yeah. um, Austin, uh, Barrett, if you ever hear from him, uh, it'd be nice to hear from him again. But, uh, he's alive somewhere. He's somewhere. He, he's in some there. gym. Yeah. <laughs> working out. Uh, and then mine is Varnum's hanging slider, uh, 02 in the ninth against Fresno. But um, I think that's what matters is, is that kind of stuff. So thank you for, for having me on and getting to talk about this stuff. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was been good, fantastic. especially since we're kind of both getting back from you actually got back from doing overseas work. Yeah. And we could talk about, again, we'll talk about that at another time. 100%. I was, I'm just getting back from my time uh, in the trenches of warfare on the beach uh, that I talked about. All, it's, all, it's all sacrifice. Absolutely, yeah. it is. And that's something that actually I, I do want to talk about further on in future episodes. And I, and I discussed it a little bit in a previous solo episode yeah. of kind of what I, why I want to get guests like you on in the future. <laughs> because I want to talk about this, like the sacrifice. Not to brag and be like we're tougher because we sacrifice this stuff. No, but just to no. give people an idea of like what you go through on a daily basis as a military member yeah. um, and how it affects your life personally, how it affects your family's lives, the yeah. important people in your life and what you got to deal with. Um, just right off the bat, like I can't tell you how many weddings that I was asked to be in that I had to miss because of the, because of the career. And, and I'm thankful and grateful for, for the people who who asked me, because we're so close and we have yeah. such a good uh, relationship and brotherhood, if you will, that they yeah. understood completely. 100%. I feel te- like it's one of those things where I never, I'll never get over. It. Like I always feel bad, and yeah. I always feel like, man, I hope they don't think I'm a piece of garbage for it. Yeah, because there's nothing I want to do more than be there for my no, for it, my family and friends. hundred percent. It comes back to the thing like you talked about earlier, like, um, like in that situation. We also sometimes you have to make cuts, 
And it's, you know, certain people don't make that cut. Yeah. And you want them to. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're just not worthy. Exactly. So uh, it is it what it is. And uh, I love you, bud. And, uh, dude, but thank you for Bud Maloney. Just, I mean, Sorry, just subtle pressure. jabs that assert dominance. Um, and uh, I will fake bunt and then hit a, a, a dribble back to her like I did the last uh, game. But uh, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for being dude, here. Before been we go, real epic. quick, um, as I always like to do, and I'll keep it short because I, I kind of belabor this all the time, but I always like to talk about the big three um, to be a better, happier, less stressful human being and be have a more positive impact in other people's lives. Yeah. So the first thing, of course, exercise every day if you can. It's such a simple thing to do, even if, again. We talking JOs or? What's that? JOs? Any sort of exercise, okay. any sort of physical yeah. activity, okay. JOs, jumping jacks, jumping humps, anything to get to get jumping that physical humps. activity 100%, in. 100%, yeah. Because it helps you physically, mentally, emotionally. You get the endorphin rush going through you, uh, all the chemical, the dopamine rush, all that good stuff. Um, couldn't I couldn't, you know. I couldn't push that that you know that more in my life. Second thing is don't be a shitty person. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, especially in the technology age, and I say this all the time, don't be the text message, text message tough guy. It's super easy to find a human being that you don't even know anything about besides their publicly facing information you see on social media or the internet or the media. And you just want to hate on them and troll them and be a shit bag. It's so easy because yeah. you're so far removed from that. But think about them as a human who used to be a child, who has a family now, and they used to be a good person, even if they're not now. So understand that before you be, decide to be a shitty person to another human being. Um, and stop wasting your time doing it. Like you could be doing more important things for yourself, for your families, your friends that is actually positive Amen. and good as opposed to you sitting there being an asshole to somebody behind the keyboard. And then the third thing, the biggest thing, most important thing is to be genuinely grateful and thankful for all the good things you have in your life, whether Amen. it's Amen. cool technology that I got here, uh, the friendships, the ability to be able to, to drive over here and, and see my best friends again. Yeah. Um, be thankful for that stuff. And when you have that, that mindset ingrained in you of being thankful for the good you have, all the bad that's going to come in your life, you're going to see it as an opportunity to grow and learn as opposed to a hurdle and a wall that's going to stop you from progressing forward. So always be thankful and grateful genuinely for real, not just saying it and not meaning it. You'll be a better person for it. So that's the big three. Amen. Weasel, thanks again. I love you, buddy. We'll do this again. We'll have another yeah. episode. We'll talk about more stuff, more yeah. serious stuff, uh, more important stuff that I want to get into. It's just an intro. But that's it. So it's the start of that. So thank you guys again for listening. Don't forget to hit the website, johnlabrady.com. Like, share, feedback, post, tell your friends and enemies. We got the uh, upside down pineapple there for the swingers. <laughs> so thank you guys again. I love you. Stay strong.